Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Oh, yeah, well, you don't need perfect credit, uh-huh. Even with credit scores in the 500s, it only takes a cup of coffee to get started. Dig it? Oh, yes! Snap into it! Welcome to WHW Monday! Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson! Jim Crockett, First Arcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Omni, The Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tactics, Turner, Bond, and Mid-South Joint World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Only answers what they win, look, Shivani's back again, world title split off, center stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and the Crow. Thunder Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinnie Mac, Simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch a long turn not to left, lowest rules can't pass. This wasn't the initial plan, Tom Ziggs a good looking man. Klondike Bill, make a tip. Tommy, you come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring. And here's your co-host, hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With the voice of your childhood, Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Conrad, and hey, hello, everybody around the world. Welcome to another edition of What Happened When? Keep that going. <laughs> I like that. That's what. Do you have a nickname for that, that character? Yeah. We come to you from the pulpit. Of the First Baptist Church Disciples of Christ in Huntsville, Alabama, where this past weekend AEW made its debut at the Propes Center at the VBC. That's not true. It wasn't their debut, but it was their first house rules. Well, their first house rules debut at the VBC Propes Arena. Uh, and, and as as you're listening to this, everyone knows now that Jeff Jarrett became the AEW world champion this past Saturday night in Huntsville at the Probst arena. 
Man, who would have saw it coming, right? Double J strutting and cutting at 55 years old. You, you a lying motherfucker. Jesus going to burn you. Oh, wow. We went fire and brimstone. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Schiavone is in a great mood today and yeah. you will be too. We're watching clash of the champions from way back when yeah. clash of the champions, 23. So pull out your peacock, go to season <laughs> two. I'm sorry. Yeah. Season six, episode two. This is confusing yeah. guys. Let me say that again. Cause usually everything's episode one, right? Well, not here. Right. Cause there were so many doggone clashes of the champions. And they broke it down yeah. by year. So type in clash of the champions in your little search bar and, and then pull up season six, episode two, that's season six, episode two. And Tony, as folks are listening to this, I can't yeah. believe this is real next yep. weekend. Yep. Is the debut of collision. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> a third show. Yeah. On top of your tapings that you do in Orlando. Right. My goodness, dude, this yeah. is, uh, you, you're going to be busier than a one arm paper hanger. Be careful what you wish for. Right. Look at this. Uh, I, I, yeah, I know. But, and, and of course I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be going to both shows. Of course. Um, uh, and, uh, I, I, uh, actually I, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think there was some more excitement built when we announced that CM Punk was returning. And so I, I'm pretty excited about it. I really am uh, United center is a great, great venue. We've been there a number of times. Of course, you know, we had CM's debut there on, uh, I believe it was on rampage. And wait, wait, wait. Did you just refer to him as CM? Yeah. No, no. You, when you, when you drop a name with his name, you drop Go the punk. CM, you keep the punk. Okay. Well, I mean, punk could be talking about anybody. Dave Silva is a punk. Well, but there's only one punk with a capital P. Okay. So, so yes, it, it's great to, it's great to be able to see punk come back and, and I'm United center has been a great venue for us. You know, we had forbidden door there a year ago. We got forbidden door coming up. Uh, at the end of this month. So a lot of good things. It's going to be a very good summer for AEW. really is uh, with, with obviously a Wembley stadium at the end of the summer, forbidden door collision, starting CM punk returning. And what else we got going on? Oh, we're going to Canada for many, many days. And before you know it, Wembley will be here. There's just so much fun stuff on the docket. Although we did get a bit of a curveball because I have to admit when we first tried to figure out, Hey, when should we do our low key, big hog top guy weekend and where should we do it? Uh, the Uh people over on ad free shows voted and it was, uh, overwhelmingly 60 something percent out of three options. It got 60 something percent. It's coming to Huntsville and it's going to be at the end of this month. Well, what we didn't know, we knew we needed to avoid of course, father's day. Cause you know, people need to be with yeah. their families on that day. However, we didn't know that AEW was going to be announcing forbidden door the same weekend, but you and I said, well, that's no problem. That's a Sunday deal. So we'll just have Tony hang around on the first part of the weekend. And then mm-hmm. we'll find a way to watch that show together on Sunday night. No problem. And then damn it. Nobody saw this coming. You got a third AEW show and this one appears to be live. It's going to be collision the night before Tony. I think you might actually miss your first top guy weekend. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am going to miss my first Top Guy weekend. But you know what? That's okay because there's a lot of great things for Top Guy weekend. And um, it, it, we, we got a lot of great people. Um, oh, yeah. Listen, I'm just saying we're going to miss you. And it's one of those deals where, you know, everybody wants to have plenty of time to plan in advance and use their vacation time and, and let their jobs know and take some time off. And I get all that. But man, in an effort to schedule so far out in advance, we accidentally shot ourselves in the foot. No Tony Schiavone, damn it. Yeah. Well, there you go. <sighs> have you, uh, um, have you, have maybe, you seen the, the big news that's happening that weekend with Eric Bischoff? Are you in the loop on this? No top guy weekend. What's he doing? He's going to, sh- he's going to piss everybody off. He's getting his head shaved. Uh, at top guy weekend. Yep. Mm-hmm. What, what, what prompted this? You know, I don't know. I used to think he was just doing a gimmick, but now I think he may have completely lost his mind when it comes to AEW, and I don't really understand why. And I get accused of, uh, being a fanboy and, and being a Mark for Tony Khan and blah, blah, blah. But I was just saying what a great thing it was that you guys got a show from Turner. Yeah. I mean, this new show, in my estimation, any wrestling company getting any show on cable in prime time is a win. Yeah. Like that's good for the whole industry. And as I'm trying to lay that out, uh, he just fires off that it's a bad thing and it's, you know, all this negative stuff. Yeah. Right. But it comes down to CM Punk and I'm like, dude, he's going to be either at the pay-per-view this weekend or certainly at the debut of collision on June 17th. And at the time you guys hadn't announced Chicago. And I was like, and it's going to be in Chicago with CM Punk. And so he was like, Nope, not going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And so just being negative. And I said, all right, here's the deal. If he shows up at the pay-per-view this weekend or Mm. on the very first collision, would you be willing to shave your head with a Henson razor? I was doing that to get to a clever spot as I do. Yeah. Uh-huh. After I did the spot, he comes back and he goes, Hey, if he doesn't show up, will you shave your head? And I'm like, man, I was trying to do a spot transition. He goes, no, 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 no walking it back. Now, will you do it? Are you chicken? That sort of thing. Okay. And I was like, oh no, I'll do it. I mean, I was trying to give you an easy out. So then you mm-hmm. guys announced Chicago and the next week I said, Hey man, they've announced it's in Chicago two plus two. I'll give you a chance to back out. It was just a transition to a spot. You don't really have to shave your head. He goes, he ain't going to show. I mean, I'm not backing down. I'm like, okay. And so now we know for sure he's there. And I'm like, all right, Eric, we know you lost now. So mm-hmm. we got to figure out who's going to cut your hair. And Tony, you know, me, I immediately got to work on my side and we tried to bro- book Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake. Mm. The idea being what a fun little surprise run in that would be. Turns out brother Brutus is booked that weekend, not available. Mm. So then mm-hmm. I said to myself, self, what's the second best idea behind besides embarrassing Eric as much as you can. And that mm-hmm. is to donate it all to a charity. So we're going to, over the next few days, post an opportunity for anyone, not just top guys, anyone in the world who doesn't like Eric Bischoff, who wants mm-hmm. to come shave his head and wants mm-hmm. to make a donation to St. Jude's. Mm-hmm. As long as you're there with evidence that you've made said donation that we know that we agreed to, that it was the highest, 
Get those shears, Daddy. You get to shave Eric Bischoff. Okay. Um, what uh, there, there has to be in the, in this there has to be in this bet mm-hmm. in this wager mm-hmm. some sort of clause. Okay. For instance, all right. Let's say. Uh oh. And no, let's say for for instance, I I'm just okay. Hypothetical. Hypothetically. CM Punk gets sick <gasps> oh. and can't attend oh. or, or there's an accident on the way to the United center. No. Okay. So the, when, when you, when, when you dip shits go no. into these dumbass bets, no, 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 no. you got to consider everything. No, okay? no, no. I mean, you know, you know, here's, here's what I'm saying. So you're saying don't open the bidding until the 18th. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. I'm saying wait. And because. Things like that can happen. I mean, I've been in wrestling a long time. Jesus, a long time. And there have been many times that we have booked stuff. Right. And we've gotten to the arena and, oh, my God, they, they didn't make it. We can't do it I because mean, of blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Well, let, let me say this, though. Do you realize what you have just accidentally done on this very program? What have I done? You just created clickbait. Yeah. The headline now is Tony Khan or Tony Schiavone says CM Punk's debut at collision is now in jeopardy. Could no, be, could a, be in jeopardy. Could yeah, be in question. Jesus. Yeah. He'll believe well, it when well, he sees it. They're going to say yeah. negative shit like that. Yeah. I'm just talking about, I'm just, I'm just warning you guys. You Well, okay. No, no, I'm with you. I like the idea. Yeah. We'll start the bidding on the 18th. You should I'll, start the bidding on the 18th because anything can happen guys. Right. No, I get it. And you know, at anything the end of the day, fuck them kids. You don't really care yeah. if we help a bunch of little sick kids. Like that's not your thing. If it was dogs, no, you'd say dogs, start it last it. month, but because right. it's kids, you're like, fuck them. They can wait. No, I, I don't say, I, I don't say fuck kids. I say fuck their parents. Well, okay. So, okay. That's the clickbait headline. Not that CM Punk's debut <laughs> is in jeopardy, but Tony Schiavone says, fuck them sick kids, parents. Um, so hopefully we'll see that on wrestlinginc.com real soon. Hey, serious business. Congratulations, man. It's a big deal. The whole world's talking about it. This new collision show and certainly CM Punk returning, uh, as as folks are listening, dynamite tonight is in Colorado Springs. Hope that you'll check that out and see the voice of your childhood, but I'm excited for us to talk about this very special, and I'm not even kidding around. This is an interesting time for WCW. We're going to watch it together live. It's season six, episode two. So get your peacock ready. But before we do, I do want to ask you, Mm -hmm. this is the last thing we'll talk about on current stuff. Uh, Why why do you think uh, a certain sector of fans online seem to have a hard on for CM Punk? I don't get that. I can't explain that. Can you explain why blue chew can get your dick so hard? Even a cat couldn't scratch it. Uh, what's the science behind it? You know, like, cause our friends, the insane clown posse once said fucking magnets. How do they work? How, <laughs> how, 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 how do you chew this blue tablet? And then boing, I mean, you got a blue veiner raging hard on. I mean, you could motherfuckers got a heartbeat in it. How does it work, Tony? I don't know how someone's penis getting hard works. Why not? Why don't you know that? You're old. You're are you asking me to be a, a 
a scientist, a biologist. Well, I, I, I asked you it. about wrestling, and you said I don't know, and you seem to know okay. a lot about dicks. I thought if Tony Schiavone knows three things, he knows about wrestling, he knows yeah. about baseball, and he yeah. knows about dicks. Tony, just tell us how can we get our ding dong super hard, like harder than ever, maybe. By taking blue chew. There you go. It's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis and Levitra, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Yep. I'm talking to you. If you want a hard ding dong, but you'd like to be frugal, you can take them anytime day or night. So you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises, you know, like a run in down at the mill. The process yeah. is simple. You'll sign up at bluechew.com. You'll consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And you know, this is a hit. Tony Giovanni tells me that they are always in heavy supply at the AEW swinger sex parties. There's you another wrestling Inc headline. The best part it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package but there won't be anything discreet about your package. Tony, tell me about your first key party in your neighborhood. I've always I've been heard. curious about you freaky older people in your fancy subdivisions in the suburbs of Atlanta and your, your key parties and your masks. And this guy's going to bang my wife and I'm going to bang his oh. wife. And how does oh. that work? I, I don't know because so uh, we've, uh, we've kind of aged out of that group, well, but you were probably doing it. What during the nitro era? No, probably not. Back in the, the, the warrior. I, what, 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 what is a, what is a freaking key party? So as Lois has described, Sorry, me, I ask as okay, Lois but, has described to me, a lot of people would get together and they would drop their keys in like a, a bowl, like a fish bowl type thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they would blindfold some ladies. Yeah. And then they would come up there and reach in and just pull out a set of keys and whoever's keys they pulled out. Well, that's who they're going to be spending time with. And I guess what I'm saying is whenever you go to your next key party there in Marietta, Georgia, where you live with your fan, mm -hmm. with your wife and dogs, don't take the mm -hmm. dogs to this okay. blue chew can help. They want to help you have better sex. Tony discover yeah. your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. we got a special deal for our listeners. Get your ding dong hard for free. That's right. Try mm -hmm. blue chew free when you use our promo code WHW at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is WHW. You get your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Yes, we do. So Tony, I don't know if you saw, but we mm. got, we got taken to the woodshed over on Twitter recently. <laughs> I don't want to hear about this. No, why not? Cause I don't give a shit about what they, what they say on Twitter. But I, these are our, our listeners. These are our fans. Oh, these are not our listeners. Come on. Oh, well, they are. Here's uh, a okay. old grandpappy donk on Twitter. Grandpappy donk said, why do y'all talk about dicks all the time? Jeez. Love the podcast, but damn y'all all about the low key big hog exclamation point. Yeah. Well, maybe, uh, grandpappy donk, uh, has no dick. You ever wow. thought about that? I have not. Maybe it got severed. So I wrote, maybe, maybe he was cutting the Christmas Turkey with an electric knife and he slipped and cut off his ding dong. Have you ever known of somebody accidentally cutting their ding dong off? Like I know you, growing up in Craigsville, West Virginia, 
you probably learned of a lot of people who lost a finger, like with a saw accidentally, you know, in the factory or something with mm. logs. I know y'all, y'all do a lot of work with logs up there in West Virginia. Mm. Uh, so, it's by the way, it's Virginia, you lying piece of shit, but go ahead. Well, it all runs together when you're never invited. Grandpappy okay. Donk had that to say about why do y'all always talk about dicks all the time? Jeez. And I mm. replied, Tony's favorite topic, which I thought was fair and accurate. Yeah. And old grandpappy donk says, I was checking out the Ric Flair episode and y'all spent at a minimum 25 minutes on his hog. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. The shit was high low and a much needed laugh. And then he corrected. I meant hilarious. Still, do you remember talking about Ric Flair's dick for 25 minutes on a single episode? I'm not saying we didn't, but I don't remember that. No, well, the only thing I remember about our, our discussion about penises and ding-dongs and stuff like that is that you started well that's not true a guy will get in the ring and you'll be like take a look at the cod piece on that guy and i'm like what what what, what are you talking about i don't remember that all right well we'll see if we can make it happen today get your little peacock out season six episode two tony do we have a special countdown running uh i'm sure we do and with with that in mind here it comes oh good Championships are on the line tonight when Nature Boy Ric Flair and Iron Anderson challenge the Hollywood Blondes for the World Tag Team Titles. NWA Champion Barry Windham is tested by high-flying challenger Too Cold Scorpio. And All-American Ron Simmons aims to strip the World TV belt from Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Then, Justin Rhodes, Davey Boy Smith, and Sting battle Rick Rude, Big Van Vader, and Sid Vicious in an incredible six-man explosion as World Championship Wrestling presents Clash of the Champions. It's live in Norfolk. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Clash of the Champions from the Scope Coliseum in downtown Norfolk. Tony Schiavone, Jesse the Body Ventura. We've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Tonight in the ring, the return of Nature Boy Ric Flair. We've waited for the Nature Boy for a long time, and tonight the Nature Boy returns. But I also got a a little sad note, Tony Schiavone. The injury to Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Paul Orndorff will not be able to wrestle, but will be at ringside. He will be at ringside as Dirty Dick Slater takes on Ron Simmons in what, of course, now is a non-title match. But you know Simmons will get his shot sooner or later at that world television title. Maybe. Let's stop talking and start button heads as we go to the ring. Wow, I love that. Let's stop talking and start butting heads. I need to write that down and remember that. Dude, write that down. That's good. Hey, let's stop talking and start button heads. Dude, the scope. Is this one of your favorite most iconic arenas you guys used to yeah. run all the time? Yes, yes it is. Did you just yeah. did you just one up? Did you just get a new life? Or did you just get uh, big on me? 
No, that's just my uh, thing. I know it's just your thing, motherfucker. I'm trying. Look, by the way, let me just tell you, go out of your way to watch Ron Simmons walk into the ring here. If he heard me, he would kill me right where I stand. However, my dude does not know nothing about how to swing those arms around with the wave. He looks so uncomfortable. Like this is not, this is not his deal. He should not be dancing. No, no. The, uh, the iconic roof of the, uh, of the scope Coliseum. And we, uh, you could see that even before they identified it with the video font that we were in Norfolk. Uh, there it is again, if you're watching with us, that roof is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. That, that building has been around a long, long, long time. And, um, what's your, who's your favorite dirty dick? Slater. I mean, it feels like that's almost the universal answer, but I mean, they got some really great bars and restaurants in Florida called dirty dick. Oh yeah. Dirty dicks, not dirty Dick Slater, but okay. Dick okay. Slater, man, what a performer. It feels, yeah, like he, he, it feels like he never really got look at grandma right there. You know, she could fuck up some biscuits. Yeah. Uh, so you see Paul Orndorff here. He, he, as I understand is, uh, the television champion. We saw that on the little intro and he, I guess was supposed to be wrestling Ron Simmons, but he's here suited and booted. Dick Slater is going to be taking a spot here. Did this come after Paul Orndorff got hurt in the ring? Remember that where his neck was hurt and we had to kind of shut things down. I, I think maybe it did. Hmm. I, I, as a matter of fact, I think maybe we're not going to see Paul Orndorff perform anymore. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. He has I a, know. he has a torn groin muscle is the reason he's out oh, here. Okay. So this is, this is before that injury, but he, he had a serious, by the way, there was a dark match that night and I will give you a nickel. If you know a nickel. who was in the dark match. Yeah. I just had it up. I don't know who it was. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. It would be uh Shanghai Pierce going up against Brad Armstrong, Jim Neidhart. Well, in that, I mean, it just seems weird in this era to even think Jim Neidhart would have been here. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it does. Uh, we should also remind everybody what we were talking about at the top of the program there. If you heard Jesse and Tony, uh, chattering, this is the return to the, to WCW rings for Ric Flair. Now, yes, Ric Flair has been back, uh, for several months at this point. However, mm -hmm. part of his, uh, conditional release, I suppose from the WWE is you could have you can't wrestle on their program. Right. So you guys created flair for the gold, gave him a little talk show like brother love or Roddy Piper or what have you. Right. And, right. uh, now he's getting back in the ring and this is going to be, unfortunately the lowest rated clash of all time uh, up to mm. this point. Okay. Fans didn't want to see it. And the Turner folks, as I understand it said, well, that's gotta be because of Steve Austin and Brian Pillman. <laughs> not because of Ric Flair, like Ric Flair's first match back should have been a home run. They just didn't want to see him wrestle those guys. So that's the narrative that was out there. Uh, and, and we're going to watch the show and see why this was one of the lowest rated because man, it's just star studded and it was critically acclaimed. Like you take a look at the wrestling observer reader poll and it got 74.1% thumbs up only 15% yeah. thumbs down 10.9% thumbs in the middle. And it was nearly unanimous. The best match of the night was Flair and Anderson against Pillman and Austin. And we just take yeah. a look at the talent in that match alone. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. You know, what, what, what you guys have here roster wise. I, I wonder, you said the Turner folks, what with the Turner folks, I hate, 
I hate that term. Um, the powers that be. Let me say that. The, the power yeah, okay, the that power. be. And, and, and what I'm saying, I, look, I just think that the Turner folks should have back then let us run wrestling and shut the fuck up. There's your clickbait, boys and girls. Yeah. Did I say back then? I you did. did say back you did. Then. You did. Yeah. They're going to put that in lowercase. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, that was, <clears throat> apparently was some clickbait uh, last week uh, because I talked about. Your contract. Klondike, yeah. Klondike Bill saying wrestling was the day to day thing. And, um, first of all, I appreciate, uh, the stooge from ad free shows, whoever our stooge fan is, and you know who you are, uh, our stooge fan from ad free shows, uh, using at least using Klondike Bill's name. That was good. That popped me. Uh, I want to go back to Dick Slater here. You, you asked why Dick Slater never really made it big on a national scale. Well, yeah. Is it just timing? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Let's see. Dick died like uh, five, six years ago, maybe. And uh, on a on a regional scale, he was a big star. Yeah. In Florida, in Mid-Atlantic. Uh, but he was never a big star on a national level. And... Um, I don't understand that because, you know, he was a legit tough guy and I always liked his promos where he had that scowl about him and he looked mean. He looked, but yeah. And here's the one, two, three, I bet. Yeah, there it is. And look at the fans respond to that, man. He, I mean, listen, it was no surprise. My man was starting to get over. Yeah, he was. And I like how, how the fans just kind of looked different back then in 93 uh, how they just, uh, I mean, there are signs, yes, but it's just, uh, it's not the way it is today. You're going to see one of the first appearances of uh, Regal as Lord here mm. in just a minute. And I think you and, uh, Jesse are going to make some references to Cactus Jack. He's doing his whole lost in Cleveland bit in this oh, era. Oh God. Are, are they going to show the lost in Cleveland stuff here? I think they're, uh, I don't know how much they're going to show of it, but on Saturday night, you're certainly, which is your primetime show. Saturday yeah, night's right. the A show here. This is pre nitro era. So Saturday night's the A show. And that was the, the search for cactus Jack yeah. was getting underway on TBS here. Well, when, uh, when they, there, there is one, one video that we did where he was, there was, this was his kid mm. and he couldn't remember his kid. And that's Tim Schiavone. Let's listen to this plug here. Welcome okay. back to the Clash of the Champions. Beach Blast coming your way exclusively on Pay Per View. And we'll be talking a lot more about Beach Blast this Saturday night on WCW Saturday Night. I'm Eric Bischoff along with the living legend, Larry Zabisco. A lot of great action coming up. The big six man, everybody's talking about it. Two title matches. Of course, you got the NWA title, Barry Windham, Two Cold Scorpio. Larry, how do you see that contest? You know, Two Cold Scorpio is an amazing athlete, Eric. He's got everything it takes. Barry Windham has one attribute this young man does not, and that's experience. Now, that reminds me of an old Polish proverb, which translated basically says, as the young and the useless ride that wave of life to destiny, they realize they're merely a first-class passenger on the ship of fools. Polish wisdom from Larry Zabisco. Of course, we got the World Tag Team title match, and I want to bring in the man that is going to be the guest ring announcer. 
Good friend of mine, Mr. Michael Buffer. Glad to have you here. Good to be here. Michael, you're fresh off the Morrison-Foreman fight just about a week and a half ago. Uh, you've had an opportunity to call some of the biggest fights in professional boxing. How would you compare boxing to the action here in WCW? I think the action here and the fans here, the fans are part of the action. The fans, especially right here at the Scope in Norfolk, Virginia. I've worked here before when Pernell Whitaker was here. They're the best fans in the world. All right, we talked a little bit about the NWA title match. I want to get your opinion on the World Tag Team title contest. You've got Ric Flair, Arn Anderson taking on the Hollywood Blondes. What's your opinion? You've got the Hollywood Blondes. They're young. They've got speed. They've got strength. But I think I'm going to have to go with experience. You've got that wisdom, the power that the two men have. Arn Anderson, a legendary family. And you've got uh, that nine-time world champion and Ric Flair. i got to go with the veterans. All right, you're on record. Let's get down to the ring to Gary Michael Capetta. Ladies and gentlemen. So listen, uh, we've talked a little bit about Buffer on the program before, but I think that's the only time he was ever interviewed like this in WCW. I can't think of he, another time when it happened. And, and I'll be honest, he did better than I imagined. Yeah. Well, Michael was a talented guy. And uh, I didn't remember him being on that as well. But of course, he became a, a fixture for us, uh, as you, as everybody knows, later on. As we moved on to the nitro era, by the way, we got 6,000 fans here paying roughly a $20,000 gate. According to the, the observer, the crowd was moved to uh, one side of the 13,000 seat arena for TV purposes. So it gives the illusion of a packed house. Mm -hmm. Meltzer would say the most important thing is the crowd, whether they didn't pay to get in or not. It was one of the most vocal major shows in a long time, which is a major plush plus in a business based largely on illusion. Mm. So yeah. How about this? You see bill Dundee <laughs> as sir William walking out Lord Steven Regal and maybe the simplest of Regal robes of all time here, man, you have had such fun in your life, hanging out and spending time with Mr. Regal. Yeah. And he's so it's one of those deals where I'm not going to lump him in necessarily with JJ Dillon and Arn Anderson. But I swear it feels like he's been roughly the same age for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Never aged. I, boy, I, I miss a Regal, of course, not being with us now and, and seeing him on a regular basis. Um, but, um, I, I hope he's happy and man, I, I love the disdain and he would look and he would turn his nose up like he's checking out everybody. Cause he's better than you by God. Yeah. And we know it. We should men, uh, mention to everybody that, uh, the worst match poll in the wrestling observer, it was pretty close. Ron Simmons and Dick Slater won, but Steve Regal and Marcus Bagwell are right behind them. Um, like. they're not bad matches. I, I think, you know, it's just a function of what well, we got to say. One was worst. Let's talk about what I else is happening in the business here though. Okay. Vince McMahon has resigned as the president of the WWF. Okay. Now what, this is what happened during the business at this time. Yes, yes, yes. It's that's not its current stuff we're talking. No, no. This is t this okay. is thirty years ago. Okay, thirty years ago. Whoa, thirty years ago. Vince McMahon resigns as president of the company and transfers the company over to Linda McMahon. That happens on May fourteenth. Uh, we're coming off of Slamboree ninety three here in WCW, which is the lowest drawing pay per view since wrestling has been on pay per view. You guys are obsessed with filming little mini movies. For Sting and Bulldog, Sid and Vader. And Meltzer would say things like, 
It reached a new low in retarded wrestling angles on Saturday. The hierarchy of world championship wrestling needs a thorough house cleaning. Those are his words, not mine, but allegedly $80,000 spent to hype up the beach blast pay-per-view main event. And he would say, for those of you lucky enough, not to see the most flawed pay-per-view angle in history, it went something like this. And he ran through the whole deal of Gilligan's Island and a little person in a boat and blah, blah, blah. $80,000. You're spending 80 grand on that. At the same time on the other station, Vince McMahon is resigning and giving the, the company to his wife. Yeah. Are you at least a little concerned? Like, and then the rating's going to come out for this and it's not good. Damn. This might not just be bad for WWF. This might be bad for all of wrestling. I might need to update the old resume. Well, I, I think I've made uh, mention of the fact that when I first came back to, uh, WCW in 1990 and, and, and I wanted to leave immediately that I was just kind of waiting during this era between 1990 and before Eric took over, I was just kind of waiting for all this to end. Right. I was, I, I was waiting for it. I, I thought in my mind, anytime the Turner is going to say you're done, uh, but then, of course, we had the Christmas meeting with Ted. I think we documented that, and I, I think that uh, we that he said he was going to stick with it, and that kind of gave us a little uh, reprieve. But uh, again, I thought, yeah, well, Ted says that, but maybe uh, maybe that's not what the board wants. Um, I, I just thought we were mismanaged. I thought we were run by a television company that really didn't care about wrestling at all, and I thought it was going to end any anytime soon. So this this. A uh, particular era, I, I think, uh, was to me just like any era uh, before uh, Bischoff took over. So and, the- and, and, and listen, Bischoff just prolonged it. That's all he did. I mean, he he came in with great ideas and a great vision and did great things, and it just prolonged what what the the eventuality would be, and that is Turner getting tired of wrestling. Um, and I'm not talking about. I'm just talking about guys on on, on the top. Okay. So, um, didn't surprise me that we finally went under, but you know, that $80,000 that Meltzer was talking about, mm-hmm. I think that was spent by Turner home entertainment. Well, what's the difference? It is. There was two different budgets. Yeah. But I'm just saying Turner home entertainment got all the pay-per-view revenue too. The way the accounting was done for WCW, it was just back asswards. Hmm. Let me ask really? you this. Uh, when you saw all the trouble that Vince McMahon was having yep. with steroids, yep. did you worry how that might affect WCW? No, not at all. Okay. Why not? I, I just didn't think I just, no, I, I didn't think it would. I, and I don't, I don't know why now I just, I remember if I recall my memory back then thinking that was a WWF problem and not ours. Maybe I was naive. You didn't you know? think you didn't think Sid was maybe you didn't think Bulldog or mm. Buff Bagwell or mm, well, Ronson. of course I did, but I mean we we weren't under the microscope. They they were. I just well, I you, don't know. You guys did institute your own uh policy on June seventh. Okay. And we should also mention that in the month of June, Hulk Hogan is going to lose to Yokozuna at the King of the Ring. Uh-huh. He's going to drop the title. 
they're still going to continue to promote him on the now fabled European tour, but that's really going to be the end of Hulk Hogan on television. King of the ring. Well, there are whispers here in the summer of 93, like, Hey, Hulk's finishing up. Maybe we could get him. I don't recall that happening. Yeah. And maybe it's because that, uh, what you probably never thought Hulk was coming though. Right? No, no. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I never thought that. No, not at all. I, uh, Hulk coming to us when he did in 94, which had been a year later. Right. Uh, shocked me. Absolutely shocked me that he was coming here. So. I mean, I, I, I didn't think anyone up there wanted to come down here. I, I, I do remember this. I'm thinking that where they would like a lot of our guys, cause they could probably make something out of them, mm-hmm. make them a good character or something, but nobody would want to come down here because that would be a big step down. Mm. So that, that was my feeling back then. I had a very, it's easy to say it now because of the way it all ended and, uh, and it's, it's easy to say now that I just, I didn't like the, uh, was that the one, two, three? Anyway, it's easy. Bagwell's claiming that he had the tights that time. Cody, you saw the inexperience of Marcus Alexander Bagwell against Lord Steven right there. Bagwell went for a roll-up. He made the mistake of not grabbing the tights. When Lord Steven rolled him over, you saw Lord Steven did grab the tights and got the win. So, uh, Meltzer would say here of, uh, Regal's performance, and it is a good performance. I don't care what the readers of the wrestling observer said. He said, Regal plays his role. Great. However, it's a lame rule, more suitable for 1950s wrestling. Although his style is unusual in this country, Regal is proficient at what he knows. The two worked a good match, but completely messed up the finish where Regal was supposed to use the trunks to reverse a rolling reverse cradle into a similar move by himself. Uh, and you see, you guys are getting ready to throw it to a little piece with, uh, Max Payne, I think. Back at the clash of the champions where in just a few minutes, we're going to see my guest, Max Payne in the ring with Johnny B. Bad, hopefully to end this controversy surrounding the bad blaster, but Max Payne, something you want to say. Hold on a second, Eric. Let's, let's solve this controversy right now. You know, I've been in the lair and I've been thinking about it. And I thought about it a long, hard time, and I said to myself, Max Payne, there's only one thing to do. You know, I tried to teach Johnny B. Bad a little respect, and that's all I wanted out of the deal, really, to be honest with you. So, Johnny, if you'll come out here right now, I'll give you your bad blaster back. Wait a minute. You're saying that before the match, you're going to give Johnny... His, his bad blaster, the one that you took from him. Is that what you're saying? I think only a fair man would think that way, right, Eric? All right, let's see if we can get Johnny B. Bad out here. Security. I know Johnny B. Bad back in the locker room area. If we could get Johnny B. Bad out here, please. You're going to have your opportunity. Here comes a bad guy. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute, Bad. Now, look. I know it's yours. Hold on a minute. I thought about it a long time. And Johnny... I sat in a lair, and I said to myself, there's only one right thing to do. Self. And that's give you back 
what's rightfully yours. My goodness! Max Payne, what have you... What have you done? Consider it returned, bad. Max Payne! Johnny, obviously we gotta help him out. Let's take a break. Help him! And if you'd like to fire your bad blaster off in somebody's face, be sure to check out blue chew. Use promo code WHW. Hey, that was a pretty good bump that Johnny took off that stage. And he sold it really well from the floor too. (laughs) He had to, because that was a pretty high drop. And he just went ass over tea kettle backwards. Oh, Max in the ring. Now he's not done. Yeah. They're saying that Max is going to win because Mero can't compete. Johnny be bad has forfeited to Max Payne. <laughs> hey, Tony, what do you think? I mean, now who is this coming out? Well, damn good looking man. man who was in the back and was one of the first men to rush. Get off. Shoot him in the eyes, huh? You almost took his head off, Payne. You almost blew his head off. Where do you get Payne, you sick egomaniac? The Z-Man. Well, he's going to take matters into his own hands here against Max Payne. He ducked. Super kick. Drop kick. Z-Man not scheduled to wrestle. He couldn't, couldn't get his shirt off. And he's going down against Big Max Payne. Well, that's one thing to see. It's funny because I saw it when the guy they start, first started attending to Johnny B. Bad. I was like, man, that, that guy looks Z-Man. a lot like Z-Man. Yeah. And I, I could tell those. I could tell that was Z-Man too. He tried to get his shirt off first, but could not. And uh... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. You know, Max was Max. Max was a pretty good performer. Yeah, or he, a guy his size. The Matt Coon of WCW. Yeah, Matt Coon has only done one good thing in in the podcasting world, and that is our opening song. Which which, which remind me reminds me. Because we've had it for so long. It is such a good song. It really is. But do you think we ought to update it? Oh, you just want to get rid of Coon completely. Well, I mean, that came to mind, but that's not really the, I love the, the case. so much. Okay. Well, I, um, know, I know Silva's for it. I like the song, though. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But, I mean, I can get it updated for us. Oh, God damn. Yeah. Okay. Apologies, Mr. Coon. Uh, no, Mr. just Mr. Shirani has come down on high with new information. No, <laughs> no, it'll always be our, our, our song. It was our first song, but you know, things change. NFL changes its opening song, right? Right. Whoop, who the hell is that? The, the, the Monday night. That kid, why football. are we showing this kid dancing? Too Cold Scorpio is here mm-hmm. doing his thing. I wish you could do like, maybe you guys come back from commercial one Wednesday and yep. you just start doing the Too Cold dance right in the middle of the ring. 
Mm-hmm. I think that would get over big. You know what? He would get over big. And you know what? I w- I'd do it. If they come to me in the ring, I'll say, wait a minute, let me start first and I dance. By the way, me in the ring, uh, holding the microphone. Mm-hmm. How about the heat Don Callis ass? Oh, God, dude. Holy <laughs> smokes. <laughs> wow. Look I mean, he's just he's just a walking freaking heat magnet, man. Look at Perry Windham here with the big gold belt. Hmm. It looks fantastic. Unfortunately, a lot of people felt like it was just uh, maybe a few years too late. A lot of people in 86, 87 were saying he was, you know, the best wrestler in the world, or at least in that conversation. And you see there, the big gold belt looks good on him in 93. Was this just mm-hmm. a case of bad timing? Because the business is certainly on a downswing here in 93. Mm-hmm. Could he have been a held, held in, I don't know, higher regard. Had he won this thing in 86 or 87 or 88, do you think? I, oh, sure. That would have helped him out a great deal. But as far as Barry Windham was concerned, I always thought Barry Windham was one of those guys. Had we taken a little bit more time to develop his character mm-hmm. instead of just, oh, he's a great wrestler. Let's put him out there. He's Barry Windham. He's Blackjack's son. He's been around for a long time. He can do so, so many great things. If we'd taken a little bit to work with him, I, I think he would have been even better. You know, Dutch Mantell told me one time, he said, the more time you spend on a character in character development. And he said, I don't mean putting him on TV necessarily, but I mean, talking to this person and talking to him about how he should say things, how he should look, how he should be presented. The more time you spend on, the more you're going to get out of that person. Dutch was, Dutch had a great mind for the business and probably still does. Um, and I always thought that we just didn't spend enough time on Barry Wyndham. Cause that's a pretty cool look right here. Yeah, it is. You know, that little goatee and, uh, he's tall. He's got that world title belt on. He's got, he, he just, he looks good. You know, you know, Barry was not one of those guys that ran to the gym. Uh, but he was one of those guys that could outperform just about anybody, you know? Now, uh, looking on our, uh, on our live chat that we got, thanks. Uh, I'd like to thank the two people who are with us on the live chat, which is coach Ro- coach Rosie and Eddie Prather. <laughs> we are recording, uh, er, at the crack of ass on a Friday yeah. morning. So, uh, yeah. appreciate you guys showing up for us. Uh, Eddie said, same with Brad Armstrong, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I just, I just think Barry was the size and he looked I mean, I like it back in that day. I think everybody liked kind of a towering champion with the exception of, of course, Ric Flair, a towering champion. So you need guys to be tall. You think just, I don't know. Just maybe so you got two of the best performers in the business right here, though. Two cold Scorpio going to be one of the next big hot things. Barry Windham, a guy who people have held in high regard for several years at this point. Meltzer gives it three and three quarter stars. Mm. Wyndham was cheered a lot at the beginning, largely since a lone wolf character is a total face roll to begin with. This was an excellent match worked just about to perfection, considering each man's role in the promotion strengths and level of experience. Um, there's a few Lucha moves rarely, if ever seen, uh, in, in major groups rings and one fall after another. So he's really 
complimentary of two cold Scorpio, by the way, it doesn't matter because when it all comes out, the rating for this show is a 2.6. Yikes. The lowest rated and least viewed clash in history did a 4.7 share. It's in 1,549,000 homes, which is even less than most episodes of a Monday night raw quote. Rick Flair, Rick Flair's first live match drew fewer viewers than a December airing of his three-year-old match with Ricky steamboat, which led to the TBS decision to bring him back because of the idea he'd have an impact on ratings. Although Flair will take the lion's share of the blame by finger pointers because the entire idea of keeping him out of action since February was based on the idea that his return would do a 3.5 to a 4.0 rating. The overall state of WCW right now is such that no matter who they debut and what match they put on, there is simply minimal interest in their product. Mm -hmm. Last month's house show statistics were more of an abomination than the clash rating. And even more sobering thought is as it relates to beach blast is that for all real purposes, the main event was given away on the semifinal on the clash. And when it was available for free, nobody cared or watched. Now, one month later, they're going to try to sell basically the same match for $24 and 95 cents based on a promotional tape that is sure to turn off more fans than on TBS is contracted to air two more clash specials during 93, at which point a new deal would have to be negotiated. Considering the production and promotional expense of doing an undertaking, such as the clash or rating in this ballpark doesn't justify the expenses. And if the numbers don't show some life before the year's out. I'd say the entire idea of doing clashes would logically be at jeopardy. Yeah. We know that didn't happen though. Right. Clashes continued through the end of 97. And then by that point in 98, you had thunder. So you didn't need it anymore. Right. This was, this was a Kip Fry era, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Blame Kip. Well, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. That's nice of you to say. Well, he didn't. Who does? Anyway. Who does know what the fuck they're doing in wrestling? Well, you make know a little, what? Make it's, a little list for us. Uh, who knows the fuck they're doing in wrestling? Who? Just all time. All time? Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. Everybody's fucked in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a single person out there knows what the fuck they're doing in wrestling. That never was, have. That, that was the point I was trying to illustrate is it, it always tickles me when, you know, uh, again, going back to my big fight. Cause that's been the big discussion on social media for me the last two weeks with Eric Bischoff oh. about the new collision show. I'm over here saying, man, that's a great thing for wrestling. That's a great thing for AEW's business. And no, we don't know the terms of the deal or any of that, but the reality is every wrestling company in the world would be tickled to have another primetime spot, even on a Saturday. I know there's a lot of naysayers who say, oh, Saturday sucks based on what? Mm. Like <laughs> the old way of doing things and the new way of doing things are not the same, but the reality is it's hard to have a conversation about quote unquote business. If the replies are always going to be from a fan perspective. And what I mean is. I have just wallered in Jeff Jarrett saying creative is subjective because there's so much stuff that you like that I don't, or that I like that you don't, there's yep. no way you're going to please all the people all the time in the right. end. Yes. Fans matter. However, the largest revenue driver for every wrestling company in the world is television rights. So when people are like, oh, well, 
the ratings in 2023, buddy, the television companies keep paying more money. You know, WWE creative has not been universally praised for the last decade yet. They make more money every year than the prior year. They're doing right. something right. And I just think sometimes we get so caught up in our fandom that we forget to look at it. And because I mean, we comment on say, oh, I saw a guy the other day say, oh, the sad state of wrestling. It's like, what are you talking about? Companies yeah. have never met, had more top line gross or met more net profit. Like WWE just passed out $130 million in bonuses. Are you kidding? Right. What What are you talking about? The sad yeah. state. It's bigger and better than ever from a business yeah. end. Now, creatively, you could argue, I don't like it as much. Okay. Somebody yeah. does because they're paying more money than ever for it. Right. I think that gets lost. So my point, when you said, uh, Kip didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Mm-hmm. Does anybody really, I think they're all just trying their best. And at the end of the day, yeah. the only thing that really matters is, did we make money or did we lose money? Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I, I go back to one thing with, with Kip Fry, the one thing that stands out to me more than anything else. I never will forget this. Uh, Dan Bynum. Yeah. Great guy. Was our, was our director and producer of Saturday night. And we had this crowd was a good, good crowd. And Dan with people cheering to open the show, right? You know, you show the ballyhoo or whatever and people cheering to open the show. Dan did like a dissolve between these fans here. And as I'm talking and welcoming people in another dissolve and another dissolve and, and Kip saw that, saw the screener of that and made Dan go back and take out all the dissolves because Kip said that basically, uh, notes a time change. And I'm thinking, no, it doesn't. It may in movies. But it, it, it's not a time change in in wrestling. You know what you're watching, and you know that you're watching an event. You know you're not going to another. Right. It just, and when I, when I heard Dan bitch about that, I'm thinking, man, he really does not know about a wrestling show. And he's using based, you know, uh, his idea about movies based on a wrestling show. And that just... That just kind of always stuck with me when I think about Kip. Um, but the the flip side about Kip was he was pretty easy to work with, right? And he br- and he brought in Jesse Ventura, which I think was a was a great was a great get for us. Because listen, uh, Jesse was he was a fucking man, guys. At that time, at that time in the in in the business, he was a fucking man, and uh, working with him was. To me was, uh, was wonderful. I, I was very excited and very proud to be working with him. Hell, I'm, I'm proud to say of all the people I've worked with, I've worked with some of the best in the business. You really have. Yeah. I mean, hell, I work with Gordon Soley and I got a, I got a t-shirt, which is Gordon holding a microphone to Ole Anderson on the Georgia championship wrestling background. And it's a black t-shirt with a black and white picture. And I get a lot of comments on that. That oddly enough, that shirt was given to me by Adam Des Moines. <coughs> um, but, uh, I got a chance to work with uh, Gordon. My God, with Jesse, with Heenan, with gorilla monsoon. <coughs> Jim Ross. <Holy> shit. <coughs> J- well, Jim Ross, um, 
who else did I get to work with? How excited were you when Jim Ross left for the WWF? Excited? Yeah, because like I'm sure there's a somewhere in the back of your mind you're like, great, got a little more job security. No, I was ne- I was never worried about my job. You said or just in this very program earlier, you were like, this could end at any time. Yeah, but I wasn't worried about my job. Oh, I see. The whole company might go under, but I'm going to be here until the wheels fall off. No, 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 no. The whole company may may go under, but they're not going to fire me before that happens. <laughs> I love that. As long as I get fired at the same time as everybody else, that's <laughs> fine with me. I, I, I didn't worry about that. No, and, and listen, uh, Jim leaving uh, WCW was... Uh, was a tough thing for him. It really was. Yeah, man. I'm sure it sucked to go right to WrestleMania. Yeah. No, it was probably, probably rather have done this call that mini movie with the little person. Yeah. <laughs> See, uh, again, you, you just like the, the dipshits online, you're talking about creative. Um, no, no I'm just saying like, I'm, I'm saying Jim had Jim had had lived in Atlanta, was entrenched in Atlanta. Yep. And all and all of a sudden, you know, he wasn't uh he had his problems with the Turner people and well, know, it was a very well, upsetting time. It was a very upsetting time for him. It's he, gotta be. He had his problems with Bischoff. Okay. Uh Bischoff fired his ass. Mm-hmm. Not really. Uh but Bischoff certainly pulled him off TV. And said, Hey, you can do some of the syndicated stuff and you're going to help us with syndicated sales. And as I understand it, he was, uh, down in the dumps because he was, uh, between relationships, you know, a marriage ending. And now it looks like a job ending and that nothing happened in son of a bitch. Eric Bischoff held his mini fridge hostage. And I, and I have well, it on good authority that he kept his damn washer and dryer too. And it's not even like Bischoff was like, ha ha, I got a mini fridge and a washer and dryer to take to my house. Now he yeah. just left them in the Turner warehouse and put Jim Ross's, uh, name on it. And then he'd just go by the warehouse like once a month or so and pee all over the appliances. That's what Shivani used to do. Shivani. No, wait, no. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Bischoff, you, you, Bischoff, Bischoff, Bischoff. Yeah. Bischoff used to urinate. On JR's mini fridge and washer and dryer. There is another, uh, another. clickbait article <laughs> for wrestle zone. Uh, not for four, one, one fuck sheet, <laughs> which we all know is an Eddie Kingston favorite, Eddie Kingston. I have it on good authority. Gets all of his dirt and scoops directly from the four, one, one fuck sheet. Mm. Uh, how great is Nick Patrick, by the way? Oh, tremendous. Tremendous. And so is Eddie Kingston. God. God, I love Eddie Kingston. I'm so happy that you got to uh, meet and know and hang out with him. Yeah, me too. You know, uh, us talking about all kinds of uh, bullshit. Uh, oh, who, us? Th- us. This is a pretty good match going on yeah, here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, Scorpio doing some great things. Wow, Barry with that right hand. Yeah, it's uh, it's good, good stuff. But anyway, I was talking about all the people I worked with, and we and we mentioned Jr. and of course got to work with him. Been able to work with Taz now. Um, you fucking Excalibur. 
Excalibur, Chris Jericho, just, uh, just, uh, I know I'm leaving somebody out, Kevin Sullivan, um, just work with a uh, Dutch Mantel. Fuck. Just a lot of guys. Very fortunate. And I think I'm very fortunate. Uh, and I, and I know I talk about this a lot. Uh, I think I'm very fortunate to have started in the business when there were still territories. Right. That that gives me a different perspective. So um I I'm happy about that. I think that's a that was good for me to experience that because I grew up in territories, watching territories, watching territorial wrestling. And I got to experience it before it all went national. So. Tony, they're taking a break here, and I think we should too. I'm going to stop it right. down at 42.15. There we go. And we'll take a time out right now to talk about how you're able to keep going as long as you have. Uh, of course, it's because you've got a great woman supporting you at home. <laughs> no, really. It's because of Athletic Greens. He starts every single day with one big heap and scoop of AG one because he wants to optimize his immune system. He doesn't like taking pills or vitamins. He wants a supplement that actually tastes great. He wants a special blend of ingredients to support his gut health, his nervous system, his immune system, his energy, his focus, his recovery, his aging, all of the things. And with one delicious scoop of AG one buddy, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, literally everything you need to start your day. Right. Tony Shivani. It's also lifestyle friendly, whether you're a keto eating motherfucker or a paleo eating motherfucker, maybe you're fucking vegan or goddamn dairy free or fucking gluten free fucking AG ones for you. There's less than one gram of sugar, no goddamn GMOs, no nasty chemicals. No artificial fucking anything, and the shit still tastes good. It's going to support your slapdick sleep quality. That's right. Your slapdick ass is going to sleep better. You're going to have better goddamn recovery, more mental clarity, more fucking alertness. I mean, think of it as like really (laughs) an all in one nutritional insurance, Tony. I mean, this shit's the real mm. deal. Don't take Damn. our goddamn fucking word for it. <laughs> Go search it out. And they got over yeah. s- these sons of bitches <laughs> over at AG one have over 7,000 five-star reviews. How about that? And right now, Tony yeah. Shivanto, Noah, oh. Anthony, Shivani, and I, Yep. we want you to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop right. and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And I just want to remind everybody right now, before Tony Schiavone yep. started taking AG1, mm-hmm. there was no collision. Tony Schiavone started taking AG1. Next thing you know, his performance peaked. And those Turner, uh, those Turner people down there in their big tower in Atlanta, said to yep. themselves, self, give that man another fucking TV show live on Saturday <laughs> night. Let's start it on yep. June 17th. I can tell he's rip roaring, ready to go. And it's all because of that one delicious scoop of athletic greens. And Tony, I understand mm-hmm. you're looking to spread the wealth, spread the health and yep. spread the success. 
Tell us about how we can get this goddamn fucking shit at our house. Uh, well, right now it's time to reclaim your fucking health, arm that fucking immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one motherfucking scoop and a motherfucking cup of water every motherfucking day. That's it. You dumbasses. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your goddamn health to make it easy. <laughs> make it easy uh, athletic easy. greens okay you stupid son of a bitches to make it easy our buddies athletic greens are going to give you free that's free free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and they're going to give you five free travel packs when you get your ass on the road for your first purchase all you have to do this is all you got to do you stupid motherfucker is visit athleticgreens.com slash whw no you can do that no, you can type. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash WHW to take ownership over your fucking health and pick up the daily, ultimate daily nutritional insurance that you need, you slapdick. That right there. Athletic Greens, the check better be in the mail because that's the ad rate of the year. Tony, let's get back to our program before I start crying again. Uh, I'm at 42 minutes and 15 seconds here. We're starting to beach blast promo. Let's let Eric Bischoff shield away. Here we go. In three, two, one play. Beach blast. It's the second one. And boy, we had a great time last year. And this year, the event will be on pay-per-view on Sunday, July 18th. Call your local cable operator to order beach blast. And I tell you what, last beach blast, you were surrounded by beautiful women, weren't you? Oh, and you can bet this beach blast, I'll be surrounded by more. Hey, you want to see a Sylvester Stallone impersonation? Yes. Right there. That's good. Fans, and the beach blast will be coming up. We'll have more information on WCW Saturday night in the weeks to come. Right here on TBS, 6.05 Eastern Time this Saturday, we should have more information. We told you earlier, you saw earlier, that you could order a video cassette of this Clash of the Champions. Here's the uh, information. Call one 800 732 how about that, dude? You're selling a video cassette of the very show they're watching. Why don't you just go click record you motherfucker on your VCR, <laughs> save yourself $25. Why not? Make because the Ames st- media. I got to look that up. Ames media. Hmm. I want to know who, who that was now. They're still around. Wow. Oh, they, no, they no, outlasted. No, no, no. This is in India. That was California right there. I don't think Ames. I don't think that's the same anymore. How about, uh, that hat though? Uh, you see Jesse Ventura trying to be goofy and and squeeze a WCW hat over his headphones, but that was his, oh, wow. Look at this. We got to track this. The calm before the storm, because in just a few minutes, we've got a colossal six man coming up. Sting, Dustin Rhodes, Davey Boy Smith to step into the ring with Sid Vicious, Big Van Vader, and of course, ravishing Rick Rude. Dustin Rhodes, with everything that's happened between you and Ruth, this is a tremendous opportunity for you. This is a tremendous opportunity, Eric Bischoff, ravishing Rick Rude. Your number is up tonight, my man. Your number is up. You and I are going to be face-to-face at some time in that match. And Sid Vicious, Big Van Vader, I want you three to know one thing. You're looking at possibly the greatest three teamed up ever in professional wrestling history. So tonight, we are going to take care of business. Well, you know, Eric Bischoff, Big Van Vader, he's a big man. Sid Vicious is a big man. Rick Rude's a big man. But right now, you're looking at the triple threat. 
the British Bulldog, the Stinger, and Dustin Rhodes. We mean business tonight. Come on, step in the square turtle. Let's settle it once and for all. Right, Stinger? You got it, British Bulldog. You're all three real intense, aren't you? Masters of the power bomb. Well, I'll be damned if I let somebody master me. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. We just want to do it. So here we go. These guys are ready. The match coming up in just a few minutes. Big six-man action coming your way right after this timeout. You know what's fun to me, man, is Sting was so good at this, and he didn't grow up like a huge wrestling fan. Uh-huh, right. And at this point, he's only been a quote-unquote made man for five years. But he was such a pro right there and so confident. I don't know. I was a huge Sting fan. I still am. Thanks, Tony. Uh, those jackets might have been the the coolest uh, wardrobe pieces that we ever saw assembled. The Union Jack flag draped around the shoulders of the British Bulldog. That fabulous jacket that Dustin Rhodes was wearing that had, was covered in sequins and also randomly had like a cactus on the front. And then, by God, arguably the greatest outfit Sting ever wore. That American flag jacket. I just can't get enough of that thing, dude. Yeah, that good stuff, man. Good stuff, Conrad. Good stuff. You're exactly right. Boy, I've got full blown dynamite version of Tony Schiavone now. <laughs> so we got Big Van Vader and uh, Ravishing Rick Rude and uh, Sid in the ring. Talk about a group of badasses. I don't think in real life you'd want to fuck with any of those guys. Like, I guess maybe you could take care of Sid with a squeegee. Uh, maybe you wow. could fuck up Vader with some flip-flops, but I don't think anybody wanted any part of Rick Reed. That was a tightly wound dude who kept that thing on him. Hmm. You know, I, I, uh, I forgot all about the squeegee. Did you? Yeah. Look at the patty cake. He's holding up the, 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 the hands here for Rick Reed to start punching, but it looks like Sid was trying to get his partners to partake in the world's most evil version of patty cake. What was your favorite game of patty cake? You used to play, you used to play okay. with your daughter. Uh, I don't remember playing patty cake. You never rolled anything up and threw it in the pan. No, uh -uh. You, you never talked to her about the Baker man. Nope. How about staying here with the red tights, but the red, white, and blue. I like the red, white, and blue jacket. It works well with the uh, flag for the British bulldog. What a cool look, man. Sting's got to come off that damn American flag jacket. That'd be like something I want a and E to go chase when he's done with a with, uh, with AEW done with wrestling, which he may never be at this point. Do you, th has he, uh, as he mentioned, does he have that jacket? Yeah, he has it. He wore it to Starcast for me in November of, uh, 2019. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. I remember now. And I was, I did like, that. I did the interview with him, right? Yep. You yeah. know, I wondered Baltimore was such a great old school Crockett and WCW town. I was like, dude, I need you to wear that jacket, you know, cause that's where he beat flair for the world title for the first time in that same town. Right. Man, as a kid, I got to tell you, I was such a, a bulldog fan. All of these guys, I was just uh, such a big fan of their stuff. I grew into being an even bigger Dustin Rhodes fan later, but as a little kid Sting was the man and Man, the British Bulldog just looks like a walking action figure. Yeah, man, he's 
Davy Boy was jacked, buddy, wasn't he? Oh, man. That's oh, the reason he's here. You know, as you may recall, the WWF is uh, really under a lot of scrutiny and a microscope with their steroid stuff. And apparently uh, there was uh, some evidence that maybe he hadn't been doing being the best boy. And when they found that, it was like, okay, see you later. So, hey, their loss is your gain. Yeah. He's going to be in a big time program here. Rick Rude, by the way, is he on your Mount Rushmore of heels? Like when you think of your all time favorite mm-hmm. heels, like Rick Rude is a good guy would never work. Right? No, of course not. So that's the reason I would like, even though like, I'm sure you think of Rick Flair as being on your all time Mount Rushmore of heels. And I would get that. He yeah. was also very beloved. We, I don't feel like we ever saw a baby face recruit. I'm sure we did. You don't have to tweet me, but I'm just saying he's more synonymous with that. Sort of like, yeah, they tried Richard Morton, but Ricky Morton is a perennial baby face. Yeah. I, I think that you go back to the old adage in wrestling that I've always believed the best time to turn a guy baby face is when he's red hot as a heel. Mm. He may have worked as a, as a baby face. Who knows? But no, Rick rude. And the gyrations and the, I want everybody to, you know, all you Norfolk nerds or whatever, you know, he always would watch a real man and the music. It was always real great and heel shit. And he always looked great. Never out of shape. Could sell. Top five uh, or Mount Rushmore of heels. Now you're talking about only four, right? Yep. I would put him, Tully Blanchard. Who else would you put on there? Well, I would put Flair. Okay. Okay. Vader was a hell of a heel too, man. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's go with those. Ole Anderson was a great heel. Um, this match we're watching, by the way, is going to go 10 minutes and... Um, 59 seconds and Meltzer would say, considering Vader was practically paralyzed five days earlier, he was amazing. Although really this match was the one man, Dustin road show, good pacing. And the action was largely good. Although the Sid vicious package has the world's greatest wrapping, but it's totally empty inside. The finish saw Vader hit Rhodes with the briefcase Rick rude brought in and rude scored the pin after the match. Smith got stuffed power bombed until sting got the briefcase and ran the heels off three stars. Hmm. I wanted to, uh, do some rapid fire questions here. Cause boy, we got a lot of really fun questions from the group oh, today. Oh, um, coach Rosie says, Tony, did you enjoy coming to the West coast? Of course, you guys are just finishing up a big loop out, out yonder. As I like to say, of course you had the, the pay-per-view in uh, television and then the pay-per-view in Las Vegas. And then of course you were over in San Diego, which I believe is, uh, Latin for whale's vagina. Um, talk to me. What'd you think about the uh, West coast tour? Uh, I, uh, I, I actually got some sleep during the West coast tour. Um, and, uh, especially between, uh, Las Vegas and San Diego. And, um, uh, you know, t- to me, uh, a little bit of Vegas goes a long way, right? You know? Uh, but I did enjoy it. I, I, I really enjoy going out to California. I always enjoy going out to LA. So I was, it was great to be in San Diego where we had a bash the beach, 98, same arena. 
and it was good being back there. Uh, so, yeah, I enjoyed it. And, hell, now I've got to go back again, kind of, to Colorado. So i got to go way back to the uh, – way back out west again. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I really did. I, I, I mentioned this many times. I could, I could live in California. Oh, I think we all could until the tax yeah. bill came. Uh, you know, it's, uh, the weather out there is just unbelievable. Just, just great. And of course you need an electric car. Cause you don't want to have to pay that, that price for gas. Who fucking checks gas prices when you drive a brand new Range Rover? I do always. That's hilarious to me. Hey, if you wanted yeah. to save some money, how about don't buy a Range Rover? Yeah. How about that? Just throwing that out there. Thank uh, you. Bryant has a question that everybody watching this wants to know. Okay. Has Tony played the new AEW fight forever game figured he had to get an early copy. I didn't get an early copy. No. Why not? So I, I, I'm not, I, I don't know why. I mean, go tell, uh, pull out your what? phone right now and text Tony Khan and say, am I a goddamn office or not? Am yeah. I the fucking VP, VP yeah. around here or not? That would be the last text Tony Khan to want to see. Well, it ain't about what he wants to see. It's about you wanting to play. Well, that there's a lot of other people I could text about this except tony khan okay why why bother the boss with the stuff like well this? because i just wanted to get another clickbait headline <laughs> for you that said tony tony shivani upset he doesn't have early copy uh, of aew video game which by the way uh, comes out when tony 29th so there you go so at the end Did of the you? month be sure to go ahead and pre-order now uh this has been i think the most anticipated wrestling game maybe in history certainly in recent yeah. history I, I would agree. And, uh, you know, back in the day when we had the WCW wrestling games and yeah. I voiced them over, yeah, uh, I played them sparingly. Right. I, I've never been much into these fighting games, you know, like, um, mortal Kombat or yeah. Street fighter or whatever you know, street fighter or wrestling or boxing games. I've been more into, you know, shooting games, but I'm interested to see how this one looks. So. But no, I, I don't have an advanced copy. Do we know um, the whole roster that's in there? Like, I heard a rumor. I don't know if this is true. Maybe you can confirm. Is it true that Cody is in the game? I don't know. That would be interesting. I, well, it'd be interesting because the game has been in development for so long. I and they probably put him in. I don't know. If, you know, I don't know if you can how you can take him out or not. I just I think know. that would be interesting that he would be in a WWE game and an AEW game that yeah. came out the same year. Sort of like Rick rude showing up on raw and nitro with different facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be interesting. Wouldn't it? Is there going to be that. a Tony Schiavone playable character? No, not that I've been told it was, I hope so. so. I hope, I hope we get to play as MJF and push you down. Well, you know what? Um, I do know that they did do a, uh, a scan of my face and this was a long time ago. Oh, I remember it was in Chicago. They had that room Chicago? set up at the hotel in 2019. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I liked, I liked that comment by Melcher about, uh, Sid being the package, but was empty. What was that comment again? It was really funny. The best wrapping of all time, but it's totally empty inside. <laughs> he doesn't know how to wrestle, but boy, he looks like a million bucks. Uh, nobody looked like as good as Sid. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
Iconic wrestler Kevin Von Erich just announced his first public tour. The show, titled Stories from the Top Rope, will feature Von Erich sharing insight into his career, personal triumphs, and tragedies. Stories from the Top Rope will go on sale June 2nd at EmporiumPresents.com and will offer a very limited number of VIP tickets, which include a meet and greet and photo op. Von Erich, now 65, will be the subject of a major motion picture, Iron Claw, which stars Zac Efron and is slated for release later this year. See Kevin Von Erich live September 1st in Dallas, September 2nd in San Antonio, September 3rd in Corpus Christi, September 5th in Houston, September 6th in Shreveport, September 8th in Oklahoma City, September 9th in Amarillo, and September 10th in Midland. Tickets on sale at EmporiumPresents.com. And by the way, he would be of all the guys who are here, the guy you would be least likely to fuck with in a bar. Yeah. Like I understand you wouldn't fuck with Dustin. He's big. You wouldn't fuck with Vader. He's big. You wouldn't fuck Mm -hmm. with Davy boy. He's big, but this is another level of big. Yeah. He looks like a comic book villain. Mm Mm-hmm. And not only that, uh, unless you got to, unless, and if you, if you push him far enough, he's going to get the squeegee on you. Uh, your boy, Bobby has another video mm-hmm. game question for you. He wants to know, okay. Tony is the AEW video game available for super Nintendo. I doubt it, Bobby, but thank you very much. Uh, it, uh, it, it may be available for Sega dreamcast or Sega Genesis or game boy, but maybe not super Nintendo. We got to work on that. Coach Rosie, uh, clearly has watched dark side of the ring. Episode one is, uh, was the one that we were treated with last week, uh, about Chris and Tammy. Of course, as you're listening to this two nights ago, we saw, or night before last, we saw Magnum TA, but coach Rosie wants to know, did you ever work with Chris Candido? I know you at least shared a locker room with him in WCW for a hiccup. Did you spend any time with him? The person. Uh, just, just passing, talking to him. He was very friendly, a uh, good guy. He really, really was a good guy. And, uh, I, I liked Chris a lot. I, I, um, it's one of those sad stories, obviously to see him go, but yeah, the short time I worked with him, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and, um, you know, you talk to anybody who worked with him, they loved him. Everybody. Yeah. And he, he got to do things. I mean. Man, he, he had Tammy. Mm. So we're all envious, right? Mm. Uh, Bryant wants mm-hmm. to know, mm. no, listen, I mean, wait, wait, what, what? So there was a dark side of the ring about, uh, Chris, Chris and Tammy, and Tammy. It's just called Chris and, then, and Tammy. And there's one about Magnum. Yep. It's, uh, as folks are listening to this, it was this past Monday night as you and I are recording mm-hmm. it's this coming Monday night. Yeah. Didn't see it. Well, it hasn't aired yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bryant wants to know, are you surprised Ron Simmons never won another singles title after winning the world title? That's an interesting little footnote. Yeah, that is Bryant. I, uh, I guess in retrospect, yes, as it was going on, I didn't even think about it at the time, but probably so. So who did he drop the world title to? Somebody needs to remind me of that. I think it's Vader. Well, he beat Vader for it, right? Mm-hmm. And then he dropped it back to Vader. 
I believe so. Let me double check okay. right fast. Um, I wasn't okay. there like you were. Yeah. Well, look. Uh, yeah, he beat Vader for it July twelfth, nineteen. Uh, I'm sorry, August second, nineteen ninety two, and he yeah. dropped it back to Vader in the same town. So he won it in Baltimore. He lost it in Baltimore, but he won it August second. Lost it December thirtieth. So his title reign only lasted uh, one hundred and fifty th- days. Okay. Hmm. So it was main event, a main event taping in Baltimore where he uh, won it, but he lost it on a house show in Baltimore. Okay. Wow. Losing it on the house show. How about that? You did that a lot. I mean, sting beat Vader for it in a house show 71 days later, but six days after that, also in a house show, big van Vader won it back. Yeah. And he would hold it 285 days before Ric Flair went upside that head. And before you know it, they combined the titles with, uh, with sting and then Flair's going to drop it to Hogan. And now it's just cartoon WWF land. So I, I, you know, I can remember, I do believe it happened like this. This is back when I was a wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know how I know this, but I think the Crockett's would drop a title uh, the same day. In other words, for instance, Ricky Steamboat would wrestle in the Roanoke Civic Center against Ric Flair and drop the television title. And then he would go to Greensboro that night, get the title back. They would give a hand it back to him and he would drop it again. Hmm. So that you could, uh, so that when TV hit the next TV hit, they would say, you know, Ric Flair is now the television champion. They wouldn't say where it happened. I believe that, I believe that happened more than once. That that's, that would be a David Crockett question. Look at Flair making his return to WCW. Got the purple robe. Like he likes it. Arn Anderson got on his satin jacket and his white tights. Look good. Uh, Arn Anderson looking tan as a motherfucker. Mm. Yeah, they 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 both look really good here. You know, Dave Silva and I occasionally have random discussions. Did you know that about us? Uh, yeah, I've known a lot about you too. So he he comes out and he says something along the lines of, "If you could have the physique of any wrestler in wrestling, whose physique yeah. would you want?" Oh God. I know the answer to that immediately. And you, what would you, what would be your answer? Sid vicious. Okay. So of all the different physiques in wrestling, you'd want to be the tall jacked up, look like you got giant pumpkins on your shoulders. Sid yeah. vicious. Man. Now, uh, I know that Silva can hear us right now. Silva, throw yourself in here and tell Tony Schiavone whose physique you would have liked to have had and why. Oh. Arn Anderson. And and why exactly of all the physiques in wrestling, would you choose Arn Anderson? Tan huh? as a motherfucker. Hairy chest. Uh-huh. <laughs> strong, strong thighs. Mm. And uh could beat an ass at a drop of a die. Okay. That is not the answer he gave. Thank you for joining the program, Dave. Okay. All right. He Good. said okay. That physique is attainable. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. Yeah. And I was like, please go out of your way 
<laughs> to tell this very complimentary story to Arn Anderson when you see him. <laughs> you know, I was talking to Conrad the other day, Mr. Arn, and uh, we started talking about best physiques in wrestling. Like, you know, which one would you rather have? And, yeah. you know, as we went around the pool, you know, some people said Lex Luger and other people said Kerry Von Erich, and I said, you. And I'm sure he would say, this is the weirdest conversation I've ever heard of. Why exactly do you want my physique? It's attainable. I don't know why, but that just got all over me. Well, first of all, Dave must be hairy. Dave is a hairless. Dave is a shoot hairless. He has chest hair envy. Everything about Dave Silva's explanation is random and weird. Tan, you're a Mexican. You are tan. Okay. Uh, so uh, either you got a hairy chest or you don't, that ain't attainable. (laughs) 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 Okay. If if Dave Silva doesn't have hairy chest, then it's, you know, but, uh, man, of course we're talking about the Arn Anderson. We're looking at right now, not the Arn Anderson that we see today who tries to sneak into basketball Every time he walks under, under his shirt to the arena. Um, how about that line he had on, uh, before the pay-per-view on the pre-show mm. Well, they were asking him about, you see the, the Hollywood blondes here, boy, they got some heat in this crowd. This is the era where they were mocking Arn and Rick doing a little mm-hmm. spoof on the, look at the different title belts too. You got the NWA title belt right here and Steve's hand and the WCW title belt and Brian Pillman's hand. Anyway, they did a little spoof of flair for the gold called a flair for the old <laughs> fun stuff, man. Yeah. Stunning Steve. God, who would have thought at this moment you've got, I mean, I think everybody watching this was like, all right, we got the greatest wrestler of all time. Rick flair. We got his best friend. We got a guy who used to be given Jushin Liger match of the year and Steve Austin, who's a good hand. Yeah. Who would have known? No, no. That guy who's a good hand going to be the biggest star there ever was. Ever was. I knew that he was going to be a much bigger star than we, we made him out to be. I knew that, but I didn't know that he would be the biggest star ever. How could you? No. Man, what about Arn in all white hair? He looks like Mr. Wrestling a little bit. Yeah. No, not not his physique, Dave. Don't get excited. I'm just saying mm. just all white. Mm. Need to see that big knee lift. Pillman was a hell of a heel, man. He needed some bigger trunks. Pillman had the tiniest trunks, man. Mm. Isn't it something to see these two guys hook up and know that uh, their sons now are kind of a tag team, you know, at random times? So, yeah, I put them together for Ric Flair's last match. I thought, Hey man, let's do a little horseman versus a rock and roll type thing. I thought that was fun. Yeah, it was You're a hell of a booker, man. No, I'm just saying like, I like the idea mm-hmm. of continuing the legacy of that's one of the fun things about wrestling to me is that, you know, what's old is new again. Like mm-hmm. you don't yeah. see that in other sports is what I'm trying to get to. Sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, you know, I, I, I know people are, t- <laughs> thank you for being dynamite, Tony, right there. Like in baseball, maybe that exists a little bit, but very rarely does it exist in other sports 
where it's like, you know, we we've got this second generation or third generation and they're on the same team sort of thing. Sure. That that's fun. Yeah. That's because we can write in whatever we want. And that's the great thing about creativity, even though as that one idiot on Twitter said, a sad state of wrestling. You know what it is? It's the sad state of social media. Look, look at, look at, look at Steve here mocking Arn Anderson's Derby. Just like you were talking about, he's sneaking a basketball in. He was making the basketball shape on the front. That was amazing. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. The sad state uh, of wrestling. Fuck off. Fuck off. Go, go. Yeah. First of all, delete your account. Okay. And then go do something else with your life. You oh. don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Look, look at that. My God. Mm. All Arn had to do was back up and tag in Flair, and the crowd went wild. Mm-hmm. They are on fire for Flair here. Hadn't seen him in two years. Remember now, yeah, two years prior to this is when he left before uh, the Great American Bash in '91. And now here he is in June of '93, and he's back in a, in a wrestling ring for WCW. And let's also throw in the fact that Norfolk, Virginia, was a stronghold for Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Absolutely. So they, they were, they all knew who Ric Flair was. Oh yeah. They, they did. Yeah. Ooh, one big chop. Flair measures it. <laughs> He's going after flying Bryant. Arn Anderson working on Stunning Steve in the other corner. Wow. Mayhem and Norfolk. And again, let's remind everyone, Tony, this is two out of three falls. Two out of three falls. This is not a one-fall matchup. Nature Boy back to the base. Man, what great camera work. The crowd is on fire here, man. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Love it. They're fired up for Richard. Fired up for Richard. Good, good, good. And boy, he is, you can tell the way he's strutting around the ring. Just got a little bit extra in his step. Oh man. Cause the crowd's with him and you know, yeah. he, he's, he's the ultimate baby face here. Yeah. I know you told this story before mm-hmm. and it's, it's funny that you know it. And I don't, I know why he left because of Jim Hurd was an idiot. Uh, why did he come back? What, what were the things that got him out of the WWE? Well, um, as he tells the story, Mm. uh, I guess we should just set the stage in October. He was experiencing vertigo warrior had dropped him. He had some sort of inner ear problem. He was like, I don't know that I'll be able to wrestle again. Legitimately. He was even thinking he could cash in his Lloyd's of London deal, which a lot of guys were doing in that era. Right. So. He wasn't able to give the best match and it wasn't the original plan, but they know they got to get the belt off him. So they're in Saskatoon, Canada, and they make the decision. We're going to go with Brett. Allegedly there was discussion about maybe even going with Tito, like Tito Santana and they go with Brett in Canada. They tape it for a Coliseum home video, like smack them, whack them or some bullshit. And, and Brett becomes the man in October of 1992. So now that the belt's off of him, they're going to try to figure out, all right, what else do we do with him? And, and they have some more matches and he continues some tours and whatnot. But as they start to wind down the year, you know, 
it's apparent he's going with a, a youth movement. So Vince calls yeah. Ricky in and says, Hey man, uh, I just wanted to be open and honest with you. We always said we would communicate about this sort of thing. I'm going to be going with a youth movement. The idea being flair was concerned when he first came in, how would I be used? How would I be positioned? AKA he didn't want to be Terry tailored. He didn't want to come over and be given some sort of a rooster gimmick and then be right. working underneath. He wanted to be a top yeah, guy and, and then the title right. picture and all that stuff. Sure. And he had seen not only Terry Taylor, but what happened with dusty as well. You know, sure. I don't want to be working in the middle and in a goofy costume. I want to be me on top. And so when, when Vince was going to make a change and, and candidly, the reason he was making a change is because business was down with Rick on top. Business was not a booming. And in that era, a lot of guys and a lot of the promoters gave the credit or the blame for whoever was on top. And unfortunately it was in a down cycle. All of wrestling was the WWF and WCW. So when he says, I'm going to go with the youth movement, Rick says, okay, let me see if I can get my deal going again with WCW. He calls, has a conversation, reaches out. Yes. They're interested. They're into it. Vince knew he was going to see if he could get his deal back. And so now they're like, all right, I want to leave the right way. So they set up, uh, this is around the same time they're launching in January of 93, Monday night raw. So they set up a little angle and a feud with Mr. Perfect. Cause if you recall at survivor series, the ultimate warrior was supposed to be involved in the match and right. he got popped. Uh, and, and so when, when he's out now, they need a new baby face on that side to take on razor and Rick. And the answer is Mr. Perfect coming out of retirement. So they just keep that going. And they have a loser leaves the WWF match on mm -hmm. Monday night raw. So Rick puts mm. over Mr. Perfect. And then he shows up to WCW and supposedly Ole Anderson says something like, well, what value are you to me now that you just lost on national TV? Yeah. And Rick, of course, stomped over to the corporate offices and mm. well, that was that he's back. Yeah. You know, Ole in reality, never liked Rick at all. And he, he was pretty loud and proud about saying that and shooting interviews right. in more recent years where he talked about, you know, I was glad they put the belt on him. I just wanted to keep the kid out of, uh, fucking out of here, out of my hair, off my shows. Yeah. He hated that Rick wanted to go long and that Rick wanted, uh, you know, Oli would say he wrestled the same goddamn match every night. And he right, thought the right. only way to make a match good is if it's longer, it doesn't have to yeah. go 60 minutes, Rick, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He always talked about knocked on Rick for all the same spots that he did all the time. Right. But you know what? That's done. That's done. Now guys do the same spots all the time that were, that they're known for. Right. Mm -hmm. Kenny Omega does the V trigger. Kenny Omega does the one winged angel, the super, the, the bucks do the, the, uh, super kick party. Um, orange Cassie does a lot of these same things. It's, it's, it's what it's the comfort zone. The fans expect it. Yes. If they didn't do that, the fan, the fans wouldn't like it. They want to see it. So Rick knew that the fans wanted to see him go upside down on the turnbuckle to him strut to him, do the figure four. And today it, it happened this week on, on rampage when Shibata wrestled Lee Moriarty for the pure title in the main event this past Friday on rampage when Shibata Put the figure four 
on Lee Moriarty, the fans went woo. Fans are going to go woo every time someone puts a figure four on. So what's wrong with that, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think they, uh, they woo on the chops. They woo on mm. the figure fours. I yeah. mean, I think the woo. So there's one of the falls. I think the yep. woo is one of the most, I maybe the most, do you think it is? I think it is the most iconic sound in wrestling. Like there's not yeah. no doubt another noise or whatever. Yeah. No doubt. All right. So that's one fall. Yep. Now are we taking a break? Yes, we are. Okay. And we're back. Let's do some questions here. We got several, okay. uh, from the Twitter machine. Oh God. On this day in WWE wants to know who came up with the flair for the gold chat show. It uh, certainly had its highs and low moments. What was Tony's favorite moment? And what was the worst? My favorite and the worst was, uh, obviously Shockmaster finally the, coming to the wall. Yes. Have, have we, have we covered that here? I think we should, we should watch it once a month, whether we need to or not, <laughs> it was the best. That's my favorite moment. And it's probably also the worst moment because if you listen back to that, you hear Davey boy Smith say he fell on his arse. It was good. It was great. What, what made that thing such a clusterfuck was everybody was mic'd and everybody was talking at the same time. It was like. No, have one mic and work it, you know, just man memories. Huh? Uh, that was a, that, that was a Jim Hurd thing. I think what, what does Rick say about it? Did, would, did Jim Hurd come up with that flair for the gold? Yeah. No, he was gone by then. He was gone by then. Yeah. 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 That started in okay. January of 93. Well, then that was a Kip Fry thing. Uh, also for Slambury Bischoff promoted a side event called slam meat. <laughs> Who would Tony invite to his slam meat? And would he tell hmm. Lois? Wow. Who would I invite to my slam meat? Um, I would invite, uh, Jennifer Lopez. End of story. End of list. The greatest of all time. She is the greatest of all time. She's the most beautiful woman ever. Tony Schiavone's booster seat wants to know, Tony, <laughs> if you was on the show, Hollywood squares, yeah. and your options of teammates with the iron Sheik, Ole Anderson or Lois, who would you pick and why? I'd probably, uh, would go with the iron Sheik for the entertainment value. And, and by the way, Tony Schiavone's booster seat. This is for you. You don't like that? Handle? No, I, I, I don't like anybody using my name as a Twitter handle. Fuck you. Oh God. Here. Yeah. He means it as a compliment. No, nah, it's bullshit. It doesn't mean it as a compliment. He does not. You woke up in a bad mood this morning. Didn't he you? does not mean it as a compliment. He goes back in that bullshit that Heenan started, which was a fucking lie that I had to put my chair higher than anybody else's. No, no, no. That's, that's about oh, me. Yeah. Oh. Hang on now. He listens to our show. He sends questions in every week. He uh -huh. It's for me saying that you, your little feet dangle. We, 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 because you're short. Okay. 
I don't buy that. Um, and so I think if you notice, I've, I've really attempted to lower my seat. Oh God. Okay. Why, why are you taking all this? So why do you give a fuck? I really don't give a fuck. Well, I mean, you just got irritated and agitated and now you're like, yeah. I, I, as a point of pride, I lower my seat. No, it gives a shit, Tony. It's just, yeah. we're funning. Yeah. Uh, I lower my seat for the dickheads who take that seriously. <sighs> I would fucking, like, I would like, say stick like, it up like, your ass like, and I would. Like, like the sad state of wrestling. Just so you know. The sad state of wrestling. Had you actually oh. shown up at your own event, low key big hog weekend. Yeah. We had a lifeguard chair for you to sit in. Oh, we oh. wanted you fucking higher than everyone else. <laughs> Sorry. I missed that. Oh, I'm sure you are. Uh, Matthew's podcast network well, says hey, two questions. Well, uh, funny stories on two cold Scorpio. None. And why Rick rude shaved, shaved his mustache in 93. I guess he wanted to look different. Oh, thanks for I, that insight. Yeah, hey, no, I look, I, he, that, uh, that was something that he wanted to do. And I think once he shaved, well, I know once he shaved it, we all realized how handsome he looked without it. I think, uh, look, I know the, the mustache was like porn star thing, but he was, he had a very good jawline. It was very handsome without it. So he liked it. He shaved it. And that's the way he did it. I don't have any insight. Like he shaved it on a bet or. You know, he, uh, he betted Eric Bischoff that he wouldn't shave it or something like that. Um, Dylan, oh, by the way, why don't you have a, a two cold Scorpio story? Did you ever hear about Todd as God? No. You know who Todd Gordon is? Do you remember that name? Yes. So he was the guy who, uh, was the original owner of Eastern championship wrestling. And then it became extreme championship wrestling. And yeah, mm -hmm. anyway. Once upon a time, there was like, uh, a lot of fellows who liked to hang out with Todd, like Sandman right. and two cold Scorpio and guys like that. Yeah. Well, apparently as the legend goes two cold Scorpio had what you would call a great big penis. I've heard that. And apparently they would get yeah. back to a <clears throat> certain hotel in the Philadelphia area. Okay. Great big penis. I think for two cold Scorpio, it's underestimating the size of the penis. Oh, so you, you have intimate knowledge of the great big penis. I heard, I've heard from multiple sources that it was much bigger than the great big penis. I heard that you tried to feed it a peanut in 93. <laughs> I didn't, but I think you're, you're on to about the size of it. Okay. So the idea right. is uh, as the legend goes there at uh -huh. the motor lodge or whatever it was in Philadelphia, right? That, uh, <clears throat> There would occasionally be ladies who enjoyed the matches and wanted to get to know the wrestlers a little better. Never heard of that one, but go ahead. And, <laughs> <laughs> and as the story goes, uh, just for funning, uh, -huh. two cold Scorpio would pull old jumbo out. Ooh. And, um, maybe, maybe not slap some ladies in the face with it while he chanted, Todd is God. Todd is God. Todd is uh, God. Todd is uh, God. Okay. So there you go. You, have you seen anybody, uh, doing no. jump rope tricks, uh, in your, in your second act of wrestling? No, no. Why do you think the jump rope tricks have subsided? Is have we just changed as a society and you can't yes. go? Okay. Yeah. 
Do you miss the good old days? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I I do. I I just was talking to someone about that the other day about how not enough penis in wrestling now. Well, no. Would would have we brought up these guys, uh Johnny Valentine, Wahoo McDaniel, Blackjack Mulligan. How would they have dealt with some of the egos backstage that we have now? Or it just it's it's a different mindset. The kids have a different mindset than back in the day. For instance, Ricky Steamboat tells a story of the time that he uh, he was uh, hit in the face or something by Ric Flair, and they wanted to put a scar on his face. So Harley Race took it upon himself to grab Steamboat's head, pull it back with the hair, and take his fist and hit him as hard as he could in the eye. And then uh, he took sandpaper and sanded off Steamboat's uh, eyebrow. So when Steamboat came back out to look, came back out to be on camera after Flair beat him and uh, drug his face across the floor of the studio, it looked pretty legit. And I take that story and I'm thinking, would that ever work in backstage today? And the answer is no. Why not? It wouldn't. Well, medically, we wouldn't allow it. Shut or up. Someone, no, no, really, really. I mean, so well, we just, well, just come on it, now, Tony. With it, all the crazy stunts we do where we're jumping off shit, that's, yeah. that's an issue. Yeah. Hey, man, before you push me off a ladder onto yeah. a concrete floor, go ahead yeah. and scuff my goddamn face with sandpaper. I'll take that. Yeah. No. I'm just uh, telling you, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't happen today. Is Kevin Sullivan in the room with you? No, it's uh, it's my. There's Kirby. If you're watching on video, busting balls. Bed. Jesus, I remember when you used to have fun on this program. It was a long yeah. time ago, but I remember. Yeah, Pepper's Farm remembers. Uh, <laughs> Dylan Leahy says, "What's Tony's favorite Dustin Rhodes or Dusty Rhodes match?" Whoa, man, Dusty, not Dustin, Dusty. Yeah, I think it was the first match I ever saw him in. Really. Yeah, and that was Greensboro College. Oh, shit, no, I'm sorry. That was the Roanoke Civic Center against Blackjack Mulligan when Blackjack was a heel, and they just brought in Dusty for like one of, you know, Dusty came in back then. This was before he was a fixture on Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, and and Dusty just came in, and I remember Dusty, it's the first time we saw him live and saw his antics, the way he would, you know, shake his butt and do his great and do the elbow and uh we were immediately Dusty Rhodes fans, me and my friends, just because of how entertaining he was. Can't tell you what year it was. It was probably like 70, maybe 74, uh, 75, mid-70s probably. Uh, maybe the late, later 70s. Uh, but that was my favorite Dusty Rhodes match of all time because of my first time seeing him wrestle, and it's one I'll never forget. He had the cap on. Remember how he had that cap sometimes? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, that white cap, and he had a big robe on, and he just, and I remember I, I loved him so much that they promoted that Dusty was going to face a heel, uh, I can't remember who it was, in the Roanoke Civic Center again. So we got to the Roanoke Civic Center, it was an afternoon show, 
and Dusty's name had been taped over and they wrote in Paul Jones. And I was so fucking mad that I hated Paul Jones because of that, because we had spent our money to come see Dusty Russell again and he didn't show. So, well, now all of a sudden this is uh, breaking down in the ring here. It is, um, Paul Roma is going to come in for the save. So there's going to be a disqualification at 1105. Paul Roma comes in for the save after the match as Wyndham was doing an interview, Flair attacked him and they went off the air, pulling the two apart. Flair actually seemed uncomfortable in spots at working as a babyface, although he was great at working the crowd in a babyface role and his energy level from start to finish was amazing. It would have been nice to have allotted enough time for a third fall. So the blondes could have won the fall but they were doing well enough to leave enough time to adequately put together two falls, considering the time constraints of a two hour broadcast. There's uh-huh. a lot of ways this show could have improved during the first hour with a better choice than Michael buffer for an interview when it's flares return. But the main event was great four stars. Well, it had a lot of excitement intensity to it. There was no question about that. Uh, Bryant wants to know if Tony has to pick a fight with either Vader, Sid or Rick rude, which one is he picking and who does he think he will beat? Okay. I, I can't, I don't think I would beat anybody, but I would pick it with Sid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last one, uh, hippie wants to know hippie. <laughs> hey guys, been waking up for the last three years with WHW and my download queue for my 12 hour shifts. So much appreciation from Arizona, Tony, you got to give us one last Tony reads rap as your loyal audience. What can we do to get one last rendition? Thanks guys. Hmm. Hmm. Let me think on that. While you're thinking about it, here's Barry Wyndham cutting a fire and brimstone. I'll be the world champion again. So of course they're doing this to set up their NWA title match, uh, at beach blast 93. That's going to be Flair's 10th time winning it. He'd wear the same uh, orange robe that he wore on the first Monday nitro and become 10 times the man. But this is how it all was set up here. Barry Wyndham causes the DQ. Paul Roma makes the save. Yeah. It's weird to think that Paul Roma was a horseman and, and Barry Wyndham yeah. was not, but that's what we were doing. And next week, by the way. We're going to be watching a really fun show. Great American bash 1998. The best of seven will end with Booker and Chris Benoit. We've got Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko, uh, battling for the cruiserweight title. Hooventude is going to take on Reese. Yeah, that's real. The Yete. and Hulk Hogan is going to team with Bret Hart to take on Randy Savage. I'm sorry. It's going to be. I, by the way, did you know that this is the show where we've got sting and the giant in a singles match to crown a tag team champion? What? Yeah. So they won the tag straps together and then they had to face each other to see who gets to keep them. It's silly. It's WCW in 1998 and I can't wait for it. We're talking about all that next week here on the program. Uh, it's going to be a good time. But yeah, I mean, we always, we always have a good time, even when the show's bad, don't we? Yeah. I think those, that actually makes it usually even better. Cause by the way, this show that we just watched, which was supposed to be, and I guess was the lowest rated and worst rated clash of all time up to that point was not a bad show. It was a good show. 
No, and you know, it's just like today, a lot of times numbers are influenced by what is before. Right. Or what is after or what is on the other channel. It's not necessarily that you're doing something bad. It's just the circumstances that you're in. The show doesn't happen in a vacuum. Right. Uh, by the way, uh, if you would like to advertise your product or service here on the program, Tony and I would love to cuss all over it and make a very memorable spot. If your business targets men that are 25 to 54 years old, no better place to advertise than right here on what happened when you've heard some of the same companies do ads over and over and over for years. Why is that? Because it really works. Find out how easy and affordable it is right now and advertise with whw.com. Want to also give a free plug for adfreeshows.com. Uh, we invite you to be a part of our live studio audience next week here on the program. You don't get them any earlier than being a part of the live studio audience. Plus there's a, a really fun piece of bonus content every single month from each of our shows, more content than you can possibly keep up with. And it starts at just $9 a month. Why not try it for free? Your first week is on me right now at adfreeshows.com. Love to have your interactions on social. I would Tony wouldn't. Uh, we are at WHW Monday on Twitter and Facebook at WHW podcast on Instagram. I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. And you don't need Tony's handle. He's not going to respond to you. Uh, but watch our show on YouTube. See Tony and I laugh at each other and make fun of this shit together. It's WHW on youtube.com. And if you're going to be attending any wrestling events or running down to the Walmart, why not show everybody that you're the number one slap dick and some brand new swag from LoisRules.com. Lots of fun stuff in there, including the big motherfucker shirt. You can get a temporary tattoo that matches Tony Schiavone's. We got beach towels and everything else, but, uh, there's something for everybody. Go check it out right now for yourself. LoisRules.com. Tony next week, great American bash 1998. But right now it looks like it's about that time. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, 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 oh, I can't believe this, but Dave Silva's in the ring and he does have a t-shirt on that says, uh, slap dicks. And he is pulling the t-shirt off. Holy shit. Unfortunately, that body is obtainable. You can obtain that if you eat 24 seven and don't exercise and have no hair on your chest. We're definitely out of time. See you next week on what happened when we come to you Wednesdays on Westwood one, but Mondays we come to you at free on Patron, patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. And of course, adfreeshows.com. All hood. Fight Plus is the ultimate digital platform for live sports and entertainment. And they're now offering a free seven day trial at tryfight.com. Fight Plus is packed with a premium live event schedule, over a thousand hours of live action every year, and a library of more than 4,000 hours on demand, plus exclusive content you can't get anywhere else. Fight is a great partner of ours. They support us, so let's support them. Give that free seven-day trial a shot, and you'll be a member for life. That's tryfight.com. T-R-Y-F-I-T-E dot com. Hey guys, need to call a quick timeout here. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my listeners over at OU didn't know for a while now about all the cool things happening over at adsfreeshows.com. On a bonus episode of Arn, the Enforcer watches back Beach Blast 92 with the ultimate heel and baby face in Rick Rude and Ricky Steamboat. Draw me a baby face. Something that everybody could get behind. Kids, women, 
old folks, young folks, men, you know, all guys wanted to be him. Women, I'm sure, wanted to be with him. Uh, he was the all-around package. On Volume 55 of the Ask Conrad series, Conrad talks about some of his dream podcast partners, including a couple of degenerates. You know, from inside the business and taking over and NXT and all that, I don't think you could get a better podcast partner than Triple H there, just because he's done so much. However, if you're talking about wanting to learn more about the psychology of wrestling and what makes a match and how to develop talent and all that, could you beat Shawn Michaels? That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why ads-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adsfreeshows.com.